So I've gotten a lot of questions lately about how exactly I'm writing as much as I'm writing and how I'm coming up with all the ideas that I'm doing and exactly how all of this works. And so I thought I would take today to answer some of those questions because they're good questions and I want to take some time to answer them. Now, this could be construed as writing advice. I'm just going to tell you what works for me. Your mileage may and will vary. So hopefully it works for you. So let's talk about how I'm writing so much on today's episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and this is going to be an interesting kind of episode for me because I am not comfortable talking about myself. Not all, not at all, not at all, not at all, not in the slightest, not even a little bit, <laughs> which is weird because I do tend to do it because I get questions or because I have learned over the years that certain stories from my past are entertaining. But lately, as I've been working on Milwardy, I've been getting a lot of questions as to how it is that I am writing so quickly. And I want to answer them to the best of my ability. Now, if you've not been following my crazy Milwardy challenge just sheer insanity. As of the recording of this podcast, I have already written 25,000 words this month. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> like, it's a lot. I get that it's a lot. I'm happy with it. I'm good with it. It is exactly what it is. But I don't think that that's the goal. I don't think that that's the point. I don't think that that's the purpose. Yes, I want to be writing more. Yes, I want to be getting more words out and I want to be more productive. And yes, I'm counting all of the words that I do. So for those of you who wonder, that total does include a lot of the work that I'm doing in audio. And I consider that the same kind of work that I do when I'm writing because I use voice to text, which we're going to talk about more in a minute. But yeah, I have created a lot of words so far. And come the end of Millwordy, I will give you a full accounting and total of how many words I have written and how many words I have done for the podcast, because I'm actually tracking them together and separately, because I just wanted to know. I am really curious at how all of that works out, how all of that aligns, so... I will be able to give you a full accounting thereabouts. I'm just not going to be going into all those numbers now. Because there is way too much focus in the writing community on numbers. And I don't want to be feeding that by talking about the numbers that I'm doing. Yes, I have been able to start getting 
five to 700 words in a common sprint on one of the channels on one of the streams. And I can write fairly quickly now. Stop being obsessed with numbers. This is something that I had to work myself up to. Writing is a muscle. The more that you do it, the better you will get at it, and the quicker you will get at it. The more you learn to trust your instincts, the more you learn to just let go and let the words happen, knowing that you can edit them later. The more practiced you get with the craft, the more confidence you have that the words that are coming out are at least somewhere in the ballpark of the right range of where you want the words to be in the end. All of that just relies on you learning to trust your gut. But this isn't a race. It's not about who can get the most or the fastest. It's about loving the words that you're doing. So please do not take anything that I'm saying here to mean that you should be focusing really, really hard on getting giant word counts. So how exactly am I getting these crazy, crazy word counts. Well, over the years, and it's been a lot of them. Remember, my first published book came out in 2005. That was the fourth book that I had written. So I, I've been doing this for a very long time. I started writing when I'm when I was 12. I am 43 now. So th this takes time. <laughs> it, it takes time. Just bear that in mind. The way that I am getting my word counts in is very simple. One, I switched over to using text, um, voice to text as much as I possibly can. And that was a very tricky thing for me to learn how to do for a couple reasons. Number one, and this is very important, I work on a Mac, which means voice to text is built into the operating system. If you have a Mac, go into your preferences, go under accessibility, you will see the setting there to turn it on, enable it, it will tell you what quick key turns on text, um, voice to text. And there you go. You can let your computer type for you. But I write fantasy and science fiction, so there are a lot of words that it doesn't know, <laughs> and a lot of words that it refuses to know. And of course, I very rarely pick the common spelling of names, so that's a problem too. So I had to learn a rhythm. I kind of get a feeling for when I'm going to be saying a character's name and when I'm not. And it's become this kind of seesaw where I will speak a sentence or a paragraph, go back over it, make sure the words are correct, go on to the next and rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. I found a rhythm that works for me and I don't I'm not going to go into what that rhythm is because it probably won't work for you. You're going to have to find your own path, your own rhythm, exactly how you want to get that done. The other two things that I do is I set up my projects ahead of time using both Save the Cat. So I have the beats completely laid out in front of me with how many words should be in each beat so that I can keep myself on pace for the story. And I use the Kisho Tenketsu, which I've talked about previously, the, to tell my stories so I know when I am doing the setup, the development, the twist, or the reconciliation, I know what part of the story I'm in, and I know what I need to be doing at each point. And because I know those two things, 
and I have my characters with me. I just follow the characters through the events of the story that's taking place. And then I get to the end, and that's the end. This makes for a very specific type of story. That's why I don't recommend it for everyone. I really like the type of story that you get with Kisho Tenketsu. They don't always feel the most resolved. They don't always feel the most complete. They often feel open and airy and spacious and have a lot of room for thought. And there are a lot of open spaces within them. I am a huge fan of this type of fiction. And I enjoy writing it. And at least the few people that have bothered to tell me that they like my writing seem to enjoy reading it. That may or may not work for your style. You are going to have to find your own style and your own method for making it work. These are the things that I do. I often know many of the setups that I'm going through and the payoffs that I'm trying to get to. And that helps a lot as well because I can kind of figure out how I'm going to get from point A to point B along the path on the way there. It's a lot of fun. And that's the other thing is I have a lot of fun writing and I see a lot of writers really struggling with their drafting. The more fun you can make it. And I really kind of feel like I'm playing a game when I'm writing. The more fun that you can make it, the easier it will be for you to get the words out. So just be playful, have fun with it. And that's true when I'm writing really dark fiction or when I'm writing just fun, lighthearted stuff. You know, it's as true for the Halloween story that I wrote and for the Christmas novella I'm currently writing. It's all fun and games. So keep it fun and games. Don't hold too tight or the words won't come. And that's my secret, if it's even a secret, to how I'm getting the word counts. I'm just relaxing into it and speaking them onto the page. get asked a lot how I get so many ideas, especially with my goal to try to write 52 novellas in 52 weeks. How do I have enough ideas to cover that? And a lot of that is because I do Kisho Tenketsu writing, and I hate to keep going back to that as the answer, but anytime you have an idea, anytime you have a notion, you just plug it in. I also do a lot of weird fiction, which means that you kind of sit and meditate on a condition or a state for an extended period of time. H.P. Lovecraft wrote about that. And if you want me to talk more about writing weird fiction, I would love to do that. I did that like probably seven or eight years ago on the podcast, so it might not be the easiest episode to find. I can definitely do that again if you're interested. But having a system in place that you can just throw an idea into and have a story pop out at the end of it is important. Having ideas to throw in is easy for me because I know the characters and I know the worlds that I'm creating. And as I'm doing my world building, as I'm writing other stories, new ideas present themselves. Like, I wonder what it would be like to do this or that. The Halloween story that I wrote, for example, is all based off of the idea of, I wonder how the, this one particular group in my dark fantasy setting, my dark urban fantasy setting would celebrate Halloween. 
The story that I wrote for Orla Hart's anthology was inspired by me really wondering what their coming-of-age ceremony would look like. And I could have written, and probably will have written, either before or after this episode comes out, an article on World Anvil about that. But I wanted to explore it through story, because that's a much more visceral way to experience it. And so I just threw that into the system. Okay, so the rites of passage for the Lords of the Dead, what would it be like? So I need to figure out my setup. I need to figure out its development. What's the twist that happens in the middle? And how does that get reconciled with the world as they know it? There's the four steps. There's the four stages. And voila, short story. And I know I'm making that sound really easy. And I may sound a bit flippant about that. And I don't intend that. It's just I have spent years honing this style and honing this craft. And I've just come to trust it. I know that if I throw an idea in, a story will come out. And at least in a somewhat interesting one will come out. And I've learned to trust it. And that's all you can really ask of your art. Is that once you get to a place where you feel that you can trust what you're doing, that it will be there on your behalf. A lot of people worry about whether their ideas are good enough the execution is really what matters. The silliest, stupidest ideas given a good execution are amazing stories. And the greatest ideas given a poor execution are bad stories. So as long as you have an idea, something that interests you, do it. I think this is why I've gotten so into writing shorter fiction lately and less in the realm of novels. Even though many of my stories are interconnected and do make kind of a serial over time, I'm not necessarily novel writing anymore because I get to play with each idea as they come up and see, oh, that's interesting. And let me develop that more in the next. And so the stories are growing organically on their own. And it really is like tending a garden in that way. Once you learn to trust your instincts and just try the story out to see if it works for you or not without being judgmental about it, the better you will become at just telling your stories. Because that really is the secret to this whole thing, is just telling them. Just get them out. Put them on paper. Put them on the screen. Wherever wherever your stories go, put them there. See what they look like. And don't worry about it so much. And I get it. That's easier for me to say as a pantser gamer writer, because I don't outline. But even if you're outlining, use that process to do your outlines and then use it again to turn those outlines into stories. I don't see why it wouldn't work. Writing as much as I am, as fast as I am, has prompted a lot of people to ask how it is that I am not burning myself out. And the answer to that is really simple. One, I don't have a life. <laughs> this is my full-time job. I don't have any other responsibilities other than doing the podcast, doing the YouTube channel, and doing words. So, and that's a luxury, and that's a privilege. And I realize that and recognize that. So bear that in mind. But beyond that glorious fact about my own life, I 
work really hard at monitoring where I am, knowing when I need some more caffeine or when I need some more water, when I need to up the amount of veggies in my diet or the amount of protein. I am constantly adding different kinds of music and different kinds of entertainment into my life to ensure that I am constantly keeping my well full. I'm resting, I'm relaxing, I'm having fun. I'm doing art again. I'm doing music again. I'm doing all the things that I love to do and not pushing myself too hard. Once I feel that kind of burn inside my skull that I've come to learn means that I'm pushing too hard, I'm done. I'm done for the day. That's it. That's the final straw. And I'm not pushing any harder. And what I found is once I started trusting that sensation and learning exactly what it meant and where it was, which means you have to push up against it quite often. Over the last week, I hit it really hard because I was basically on a stream every day and that was way too much, especially because a lot of the streams were pretty long. That was a limit. And I know that now. And I didn't know that before. I now know where my thresholds are. And I'm willing to push up against them mainly because, you know, I've spent so much time not doing that. So, no, I'm not burning myself out even though I am being insanely productive. I'm being, at least from my own perspective, almost overly productive. Because the more I realize that I'm doing, the more I realize has to eventually come out. And the flood of stories that will eventually come out for me is just insane. And I'm okay with that. I'm learning to be okay with that. It's not... It's not happy making in some ways, just because it's terrifying thinking how much work I'm getting done and how much is going to have to go out into the world. But I, I'm being careful. And that's all that I can say is that you have to learn your own limits and don't be jealous of other people and what they're doing because I am and it's not healthy. <laughs> like I look at other authors and what they were able to accomplish and wish I could do that too. I wish I could write giant Brandon Sanderson-sized novels. And in a way, I am by doing it in this serialized format. But I had to learn how to do it my way because I'm not Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> I'm not. That's not how I work. I wish I could work on deadlines as well as some of the authors that I look up to so that I could say, here we go. Here's a thing that I want to do. It will be out by this date. I don't work that way. I want to be able to work that way, but I don't work that way. <laughs> so I focus on what I'm doing. I tell my stories. I set things to launch and go out when they need to go out. But I do my work my way. And when it's time to take a break, I just take a break. And that sounds really simple, but I know for myself how hard it was to allow myself to do that, to give myself permission to do that. So if you need somebody to give you permission, I give you permission. And you need to give yourself permission to just say, this is my limit right now and build yourself up to it. I didn't start writing this quickly right out the gate. 
I worked at it and built up to being able to do what I'm doing now. You can get to wherever your goals are as long as you're smart about approaching them. But don't burn yourself out. When you feel that you need to go and recharge, go and recharge. There's nothing wrong with it. And your work will only benefit from it. Because I'm writing so much, I often get the question, why? Why are you writing so much? Why do you want to do 52 novelettes, novellas, in 52 weeks? Why do you want to write so much? And the answer is fairly simple and glib. I've listened to Hamilton too much, and I feel like I have to write my way out. (laughs) No, that's not really the answer. But it's a fun one to give, and to see the look of just bemused condescension that people return when you say that to them. Now, I, I really like short fiction. Most of my absolute favorite projects over the years have been works of, of short fiction, from The Silmarillion, which is more or less a series of novellas, novelettes, and short stories, to the works of H.P. Lovecraft, the works of Robert E. Howard. I'm a big fan of that, because you can cover a lot of territory very quickly, and they're easy to dip in and out of. And I want that experience for my readers. I don't know why I've been struggling so long to write long fiction, other than I had the book writer's disease. It has to be a book, and it has to be of a certain length. And it it doesn't. It, It really, it really, really doesn't. I'm writing stories that I'm comfortable with, that I enjoy, and in a manner that I want to do it in. And I have a lot of stories that I want to tell. If I were being, like, really honest with y'all, it's probably more related to the fact that I took a five-year unscheduled mental health vacation, and I feel like I'm making up time. There were so many stories that I wanted to write, so many things that I wanted to do that I didn't do, and now I'm just writing all of those stories. I'm just writing all of those tales. I'm just getting it all out. I have a backlog of dreams and wishes and ambitions. It also might have something to do with the fact that I didn't realize that I was trans until I was 40 and kind of put my entire life on pause until then because I just felt like something was wrong with me and I didn't know what it was. And turns out there was nothing wrong with me. I was perfectly alright the whole time. Which is a relief, but at the same time, it makes you look back at all those wasted years and feel like they're wasted years. So yeah, I feel like I've been reborn, that I'm moving in a direction that better suits me, that works better for me, and that will allow me to tell the stories that I want to tell. That's it. There's no real agenda behind it. Yeah, it's going to be nice to have a very large back catalog. And yeah, it's going to be wonderful to be able to have all of that out there for people to enjoy and get into and hopefully celebrate. (laughs) But I'm able to put myself on a page. I'm able to put my stories down without fear. For the first time in my life, without fear. And that is liberating. I don't really honestly care 
if anybody likes the stories I'm telling. I hope they do. I really sincerely hope they do. But I love the stories that I'm writing. I'm enjoying them so much. And I've never really been able to say that about my work. Because I was always worried about what other people would think about it. I was always concerned about these fictitious reader profiles that I would create in my head of the ideal audience for the work that I wanted to do. And would they like this? Would they like that? Is this too much? Is this too little? That I worried myself out of writing a lot of ideas. And I'm just not doing that anymore. The Christmas story that I'm writing is utterly ridiculous. And I know that right out the gate. A vampire and a wizard decide to go camping in a winter wonderland that's haunted by Christmas spirits that want to ensure that they have a good time. That's a B-movie at best. But I love B-movies. So why would I resist writing one? I I love the story. It makes me giggle. I, I'm having so much fun writing it. And I'm hoping that my readership does too. Because I like the idea of there being like this Munster's Adams Family vibe to some of my stories. And if I can pull that out, more power. But right now, it's honestly selfish. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. And as long as I'm doing that, I'm going to keep going forward. In conclusion, don't do like I do. Find your own way. I mean, I understand why it's valuable to learn from the experience of other writers, and that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast and why I'm doing this episode in particular, because I keep getting asked these questions. And now I can just do the lazy thing and point to this episode and be like, I did an episode of the podcast about that. Go check it out. But what works for me may not work for you. What I have found to be exceptionally helpful in getting me to hit the goals and to get the accomplishments that I want to have in my own life may or may not work for you. For goodness sakes, this might not work for me three months down the line, six months down the line. You never know. NaNoWriMo might get here and I might get in my own head and instead of writing 80,000 words, be incapable of writing 50 because that's usually how that goes, even though I've been writing the 75,000 words a month. I might get in my own head. I am my own worst enemy. And as a writer, you probably are your worst enemy too. So you need to recognize that. You need to see your life for what it is and learn the tools that work for you. Hopefully, some of the stuff that I've talked about in here will. If they don't, find something else. But be happy with what you have. Because the most destructive thing that we as creative people do is look at other people with envy and go, if only I could do that. Because I would love to paint like Van Gogh. And I can't paint like Van Gogh. No matter how much I try or study or try to figure it out. I can't do it. It's not in me. That's not part of my art. Doesn't mean that I can't want to do that. (laughs) But, you know, I don't have the humor of a Neil Gaiman or uh, of a Terry Pratchett. 
I don't have the voice of a Terry Pratchett, who was able to use voice in such a magical way to bring his stories to life. And I want to do that in mine, and I'm trying harder to do that. That's really a big part of the goal I have in my most recent fiction, is to embrace my inner Pratchett, and not to try to write like he did, but to find my own narrator voice, to tell my stories my way, and hopefully bring some of that humor and love into the stories that he did. We're always going to look and see the grass greener on the other side of the fence, but we have to be happy with where we are. Because we're not them. I will never be Terry Pratchett or Neil Gaiman. I will never be able to draw like some of the great artists that I love and admire. I will never be a mono. No matter how much I study his work and try desperately to emulate it. I will never be a mono. But we have to find our own style and do things our own way. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did... Thank you. If the if you're listening to me on something that allows you to rate the episode, please do that. That's ever so helpful. If you have any questions, comments, or topics that you would like to hear discussed on the show, then down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean, so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. If you've got a dollar, you can pass my way. Down in the show notes, you'll find a link to listener support, Patreon, and my coffee account for one-time donations. Thank you so very, very much for doing that. All of you who do, you really seriously mean the world to me. And if you have any questions, do send them in. I, I really like answering them. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. But, you know... If you know anybody that would like anything that I do, please share it with them. That helps out a lot more than you realize. All right. Until next time. Thank you so very, very much for listening. Me. Remember, black lives matter. Black trans lives matter. Trans identities are valid. They really, really are. No matter what anybody tries to say about it. And... May you ride your dreams into reality. And above all, don't forget to have the fun. Bye.